Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come Our first award goes to the vampires for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. going down and you know what that means it's time for me to record another episode of my podcast the beautiful dead as always i'm your host lena nazari and it feels good to be back i missed you i missed talking about vampires i missed all of this now i would be lying if i said i didn't really need that break but i am thrilled to be back to celebrate spooky season. While I was off, I did MomentoCon here in Pittsburgh. Uh, It was good. I saw old friends. I met new ones. And I always love to meet people in my area. So that was very exciting. And then I went to New Orleans just on vacation. It was not book or podcast or anything related. I just got to go and have fun. Um, I got to see some old friends at the Vampire Cafe and the Boutique du Vampire. The new Vampire Apothecary is now down there, so I had a very good time, did a cemetery tour, so if you don't follow me on social media, go check it out. I also did a lot of research for these spooky season episodes because I wanted to do right by you and I wanted to bring my A-game for spooky season. Next, I will be at the Norwin Public Library in North Huntington, Pennsylvania. Uh, They are doing a local authors event, so myself and other local authors will be there, uh, not just to meet and greet and all that good stuff, but because my books will now be available at the library. I'm very honored and excited about this. It was one of my goals to have the books in the library for people who couldn't afford to get the books. Um, Speaking of which, for those of you who are not readers and have been asking for the audiobook, which you know who you are, there is a lot of you, I have been working on the audiobook, so that is forthcoming. And if you come back to this podcast, October 29th, you will get to hear the first hour of the audiobook for free. So come and check it out. Next, I will be at CreationCon in D.C., That will be September 29th through August 1st. Very excited to go back to the place I grew up. Um, And it's going to be a full moon. So it should be a very special weekend. I will then be at the Haunted Hills Hayride October 14th in North Versailles, Pennsylvania. Very excited to partner with them. Um, I used to take my kids there when they were little. So now I will be back in all of my fanged glory being able to tap into my scary side at the Haunted Hills Hayride. Come see me, get posters, get books, get autographs, get pictures, get whatever you want, and then go on the hayride and and the walking trail, if you dare. I was able to get a sneak peek at this year and 
go check it out. If you like to be scared, go check it out. Uh, after that, I will be at Monster Mania in November. I will be at um, another Creation Con in Nashville in December. And then I will be at Fan Expo New Orleans in January. So if you're looking for a time to come see me and you really want to go big, go to New Orleans, baby. Go to New Orleans. I'm just telling you. Okay. It is the first episode of September. And you know what that means. It's tarot time. Um, if you remember in August for August, I pulled the magician and he served me well in August. I had a wonderful August. I have lots of wonderful things happening. So very excited for that. So I can't wait to see what September holds. For those of you who are just listening, I want to go ahead and do my monthly apology because I do shuffle these cards live on the podcast. You're going to get to hear it. All right. Uh Uh-oh. Lost control of the cards. I'll give it one more good shuffle. <laughs> I'm excited. And, and I have the Two of Swords. The Two of Swords. I don't think I've ever pulled this one. Interesting. So it looks like I'm going to have a difficult decision upcoming. So not quite as happy as getting the Magician last month, but hmm. So it looks like I'm going to have to make a difficult choice or I'm going to have to choose sides on something. So we'll set that aside. If something happens and I understand where that's coming from or what that's referring to, I will let you know. Uh, But for now, I'm going to have to think on this one. All right. You guys didn't come here for tarot. You came here for vampires. So let's do this. I am so excited to be talking about two of my favorite things, vampires and music. Today's episode is the music of the vampires. Um, Two things. One, I made a Spotify playlist that has the songs that we're going to talk about, as well as many others. There was no way I could talk about all of them. But there's 50 songs sitting on a playlist. If you go to Spotify and look up music of the vampires, um, you'll see it's created by Lena. And that accompanies this podcast. You can go hear all the songs that we're talking about, download it, and then let me know if you would like me to do another episode continuing to talk about songs about vampires. And then also, if you make it to the end, you're going to get a special treat because I'm going to play you a song from a dear fanged friend of mine. So you're going to get to hear some new music. Check it out. All right, let's jump in with a big one. Let's talk about Bella Lugosi's Dead. One of my go-to songs when I need to pep myself up or get into the vampire mentality. So the English rock band Bauhaus was formed in 1978 and then would later be credited as being the inventors of goth rock. The members were Daniel Ash, Peter Murphy, Kevin Haskins, and David Jay, and they started out with a bang because they were only together for six weeks when they recorded the nine minute debut solo out al- uh, song Bella Lugosi's Dead. It is still a favorite amongst the goth culture and I don't know about you guys but I can't hear it without thinking about that opening sequence from The Hunger with David Bowie just oof man did that make an impression on me. So when they asked how the song was created, Murphy said, 
We'd been talking about the erotic quality of vampire movies, even if they were the hammer horror type. There was this conversation about the sexuality and eroticism of Dracula. Danny talked about his fascination with this and the occult connotations. So we carried on the conversation and made it into a song. There's an erotic, alluring element to the vampire. We didn't want to write an ode to Bella Lugosi ostensibly. The kitschy element was his name because he's the biggest icon, yet he's the most unlikely vampire-looking person. So there was that Brit angle to it, but it wasn't all negative. It was perfect. The idea of Bella Lugosi being dead or undead is classic. Many labels would tell them, cut the song down to three minutes and we will take it. But they stuck to their guns. And eventually, Small Wonder Records believed in the song as much as the band. And the rest is vampire history. Amazing song. Let's talk about Cry Little Sister. That's another one just, just iconic in the vampire culture. Cry Little Sister has been covered by many artists including Marilyn Manson and Carfax Abbey. This iconic song was written and performed by Gerard McMahon for the 1987 film Lost Boys. He had not seen a single second of the movie when he wrote the song. He actually said, I always say that if I had seen the film first, I probably would not have written Cry Little Sister. I didn't want the song to be specific to the vampire. I wanted it to be about the longing for family from a rejected youth's perspective, which I went through myself and many of us have felt. This song would then be used in the two follow-up movies, Lost Boys the Tribe and Lost Boys the Thirst. So even though this song doesn't necessarily speak of the undead, it is beloved by vampire fans everywhere. And sticking to the theme of vampire songs that aren't technically about vampires, let's talk about We Suck Young Blood by Radiohead. If you've ever heard this one, you probably think it's about vampires. And it shows up on a lot of vampire song lists. However, this gothic tune is actually portraying old, powerful people as the vampires who are sucking the life out of young people, the weak, the impoverished. So now if you go back and listen to the lyrics, chilling and dark. Let's keep going. Let's talk about one that just came out and that's Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. Now it's still playing on radios everywhere and I would be surprised if you haven't heard it. It's currently playing, but the song is actually about a person who drains another person in a relationship and then just moves on, leaving this husk of a traumatized, broken person behind. So in this case, the vampire is a metaphor. So you're here for vampires. Why don't we go back and talk about actual vampire songs? Now, if you were like me and you were in high school in the 90s and you saw Bram Stoker's Dracula, you probably had the soundtrack. I'm pretty sure I had it on cassette. Then you'll know the song Love Song for a Vampire by Annie Lennox. 
The song was written and recorded for the 1992 classic Bram Stoker's Dracula and hit number three on the Irish and United Kingdom charts. The poetic lyrics and musical accompaniment have been described by critics as melancholic, haunting, mourning, and beautiful. The video is reminiscent of the scene where Lucy runs through the garden in the thunderstorm and ends with a holy light shining on the singer as it does in Dracula in the film's end. I know I played it over and over and over again when I was a teenager. <laughs> Let's talk about At Dawn They Sleep by Slayer. It's a big change from Love Song for a Vampire over to Slayer. At Dawn They Sleep is a step away from the romantic vampire songs that we've been discussing. This one looks a little more at the vampire's insatiable lust for blood, the fear that their victims feel when they're being hunted or drained. It warns the listeners about the dangers in the dark and the consequences of giving in to your dark desires. Again, go to Spotify, listen to the song. You can even pause in between descriptions and listen to the song so you know what I'm talking about. But this one is good for working out too. I will tell you that. Let's talk about Bloodletting by Concrete Blonde. It was released in 1990. Um, Bloodletting is the third album for this band, but it's the one that pulled them into the spotlight. The single Bloodletting is subtitled The Vampire Song, and it was inspired by the singer's love of the city of New Orleans and her enjoyment of Anne Rice's novel, the Vampire Lestat, which had just been released. If you haven't heard this song, I strongly encourage you to go check it out, especially if you love New Orleans and Anne Rice's novels. You're going to love it. Let's talk about Night of the Vampire by Rocky Erickson. This one I had to do a little digging to find information about. There's not a lot out there, but I wanted to include it in this, our first episode on uh, vampire music, because in 19, or 19, in 2019, in a British magazine, it was called The Greatest Vampire Song in History. It said, Rocky paints on the vampire as he lives in the cultural subconscious, a being of film, literature, and ancient myth all at once. The song was released in 1981 on the supernaturally themed album, The Evil One. If you haven't heard Night of the Vampire, you got to go check it out. And if you want to listen to the whole album, the whole thing is themed like zombies and aliens and vampires. So it's all supernaturally themed. For those of you who are always looking for different music and you haven't heard of this one, this is a must listen. Love Bites by Judas Priest. Oh boy. This one is so glam rock that it's like, it really pulls you back in time when you listen to it. I'll say that for those of you who are around at that time. We all know vampires are often associated with sex and sexuality. And Judas Priest holds on tight to that stereotype in his 1984 song, Love Bites. I just want to read some of the lyrics here. There you lie still, to you I creep, then I descend close to your lips. Across you I bend, you smile as I sip. Now you are mine in my control. One taste of your life and I own your soul. 
Softly you stir, gently you moan. Lusts in the air, wake as I groan. Mmm. Wow. I don't know about you, but that's the type of vampire I enjoy. All right, let's stick to that theme and talk a little bit about Dracula's wedding. So this doesn't tie into sex so much as it does love. Dracula's wedding is by Outcast, and if you read the lyrics, there's a lot of vampiric references in it. Not just in the title, but in the lyrics itself. However, the song is not about fearing vampires. It's actually about how scary it is to fall into and be in love. So what do you think? What's scarier, love or monsters? All right, let's step away from the one vampire singles and I wanna talk about a couple bands. First, I wanna talk about Blue Oyster Cult. For those of you who are not familiar, I you probably have heard some of their music and not even recognized it. But Blue Oyster Cult, um, they have a lot of vampiric references in their songs. And I actually found an entire scholarly article. Um, it was in the Journal of Dracula Studies in 1999, written by David Hallett and J. Robin Martin. And I will link the description in this video so you can go see. It's a full scholarly, like published article about Blue Oyster Cult and vampires. And he said, Blue Oyster Cult has several songs exploring the vampire and vampire themes. They've admitted that these songs are composed about vampires and for vampires. Throughout, many of their lyrics are subjects like survival through secrecy, the moon, the night, and eternal life, the nature of evil, and while some may allude to vampires, such as the lyrics, the virgins come to set you free, on their lips, the life of two. There are some songs that are undeniably about our favorite bloodsuckers. The first one, Nosferatu. Now this one is absolutely about vampires, um, but not just any vampire. It is about a vampire in love. And the homage obviously is to the German film of the same name. And it plays on the fact that Nosferatu is also another term for vampires. There's very strong references to the novel Dracula, including the name Lucy and the mention of the captain's log. It alludes to the idea that only true love can save the vampire from his wretched existence. Another song, After Dark. In the most recent of the band's explicit vampire songs, and the only major excursion from the songwriter Eric Bloom into vampire territory, After Dark tells the story of being initiated into vampirism by a supposed lover who then, together undead, will share eternity with him. As the title implies, the classic motif of restriction to nocturnal activity is invoked. Here are some of the lyrics. After dark, I see you. After dark, I feel you. After dark, I want you. The total loss of free agency once under the spell of the vampire is quite evident when he says, Long ago and far away, I heard your voice. And once I heard you sing your song, I had no choice. 
And here again is exemplified the traditional literary and cinematic characteristics of the vampire's ability to control somebody over space and time. The second verse clearly illustrates the vampiric nature of the piece and further reinforces classical traits attributed to the undead when they say, of age there is no question, death's shadow is undone. We only need each other and shelter from the sun. In the song's final verse, the narrator tastes true salvation through a fate traced in blood. Let's talk about another one, one that I personally love, called I Love the Night. It's very similar. It tells the story of an encounter in the dark with a beautiful woman in white who is more powerful when the sun has set. And anyone who loves all things vampiric and calls themselves a music fan has to go check out Blue Oyster Cult. If you haven't, I have just introduced you to them. You're welcome. All right. This one is much more recent, and for those of you who are big vampire fans and music fans, you may have heard of him, but you may not. And I'm talking about Playboy Cardi. Obviously the most recent, other than Olivia Rodrigo, but he is currently out there making music. This Atlanta rapper released his album, Whole Lotta Red, Christmas of 2020. He has been very upfront and out there about his love of vampires and now they how they have inspired his music. He told Rolling Stone magazine that he's living out his vampire rock star fantasy, which makes me think of the vampire Lestat. In a 2019 article, he explained that his love of vampires stems from movies like Lost Boys and Interview with the Vampire. And not only does he watch the films over and over and over again, but they inspire his fashion as well. He says that he likes to use red lights and upside down crosses in his stage settings and says uh, reportedly at the end of the interview told the reporter, you tell them I'm a vampire. His song Vamp Anthem, Vamp Anthem, is described as an ode to the vampire aesthetic. And the whole thing opens with a beat very reminiscent of Toccato and Fugue in D minor. And then the organ is played under the rap beat. And another song, he doesn't just call himself a vampire, but he calls himself King Vampire, which his fans refer to him as. They lovingly call him that, and then they call themselves I believe vamps or vampires or something along or baby vamps love him or not he's bringing a whole new audience to vampires and love of vampires and i am here for it because in the vampire community we welcome and support all we cannot talk about music and vampires without talking about this next group which actually inspired this entire episode and the playlist and everything. This is all inspired by this band and that is My Chemical Romance. On September 11th, 2001, uh, an intern for Cartoon Network was in his office and witnessed the attack on the Twin Towers. That man, Gerard Way, would now see the world differently. He was sick of the hatred and the negativity and the pain that he saw all around him. And he wanted to spread love and he wanted to show people not to give up hope. So he and his brother and a friend would use this inspiration and momentum to start a little band in Newark, New Jersey. 
The name of the band actually came from Gerard's younger brother, Mikey, who was working at Barnes & Noble and took, uh, took a shine to a book called Ecstasy, Three Tales of Chemical Romance, and that was by Irvin Welsh. There is a lot of vampire lore surrounding this band. Let's talk about a few of their songs for the sake of time. Vampires Will Never Hurt You. It was the band's first single, and the music video was shown at the record release show. The song revolves around a man and his lover in a vampire-ridden town. The man gets bitten while fighting and protecting his lover, so he states, And if they get me, and the sun goes into the ground, and if they get me, take this spike to my heart. The song is thought to have been a metaphor for society and how greed ruins people. And the man asks his lovers to stake his heart so that he doesn't become like the rest of society. Vampire Money. This came from a 2010 album, Danger Days, and it's a reaction in song form to the Twilight movies. You guys all know how I feel about those movies. The song mocks all the people pleading with them to be a part of the Twilight franchise. People would actually say to him, get that vampire money, and that is what inspired the song. Gerard Way hated the Twilight movies and how they mainstreamed vampires into being sexy. He states that it ruined goth culture, saying we were on the only kids on the block wearing black, wearing mascara, playing heavy music in punk clubs, where we were from. And then with things like Twilight, the idea of anything gothic like vampires, just it wasn't scary anymore. It was sexy. It was contemplative. It was, um, you know, light. <laughs> the band made this song as a big fat no to the people who were asking them to be involved in the Twilights. He said, the vampires are the new Jonas Brothers. Oh, I like that. He said, that's why the song Vampire Money is on there, because a lot of people were chasing that effing money. Twilight, a lot of people around us were like, please, for the love of God, do this effing movie. But we moved on. He hated how they turned something scary like vampires into something sexy. Gerard, I mean, some of us are scary and sexy. We can't help it. Next, I want to talk about the song Blood. This is from Black Parade. Although the song isn't explicitly about vampires like the other songs, it does hold to some illusions. For example, the lyric, Give them all that they can drink and it will never be enough. Give them blood, blood, blood. Grab a glass because there's going to be a flood. The actual meaning of the song revolves around the meaning of the album, and the album is the story of a man dying from cancer. The taking of blood and excessive repetition shows how the hospital life, existing in the hospital, is starting to make him insane. But it can be a metaphor for vampires or greed that a vampire can represent as far as taking and taking and taking until that person is drained. And then I want to talk about early sunsets over Monroeville. Even though this isn't technically about vampires, it is about the living dead. And that's from the Bullets album. And the song tells the story of a man and woman who are trapped in a vampire-infested town. Similar to, it's similar to the Vampires Will Never Hurt You song. In this story, however, the woman gets bit. 
and the husband is forced to kill her. And it's based on Monroeville, Pennsylvania, which is not too far from here, where Dawn of the Dead was shot. Gerard Way said the song was inspired by the movie, stating, The man and his love are hiding from the living dead who are coming to kill them. So, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be ghouls or zombies or vampires or whatever, but it's the undead. So I included this one, not just because I love my chemical romance and we're talking about vampires, but because Monroeville is like a stone throw away from here. There are many people out there that truly believe that Gerard Way is a vampire. They say that he doesn't age, that he's growing the beard to try and look older, even though he's not getting older. And in October of 2022, at a concert in California, Gerard appeared at full Count Dracula. So I don't know if he's leaning into it, just having fun, or coming out of the coffin. Either way, Gerard, you do whatever you want. So what do you think? First episode of Spoozy, Spooky Season. Um, I forgot to talk about my vampire tea, which because we're talking about music, of course, is Moonlight and Serenade. Um, and I had to take a little sip because my throat's getting dry. I wanted to start Spooky Season with something that was fun and different and exciting. There is more than enough material out there to talk about many, 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 many more bands and songs that are vampire adjacent, vampire related, possibly vampires. So what do you think? Should I do another one? Should I come back and do another one? Go check out the Spotify playlist to hear all the songs I just talked about, as well as many, many, many more. Next week, we are going to have an episode that is less for the vampires and more for the mortals. Next week, we will be talking about protecting yourself against vampires. So for you humans that like to hang out around the vamps, who just want to feel a little bit safer, next week is for you. So come back and check that out. I promised you, if you made it to the end, I had a treat for you, a melodic treat. Stavros is not only the creator of all the vampire teas that you see me drinking, and my fangsmith, but is a musician. So I was delighted to get a bunch of music from him and I listened to everything. I asked him about it. He said I was allowed to say whatever I wanted to. So if Stavros, you're watching. <laughs> His band is Cherokee Starlight. Now he has some people that he uses here and there, but it's mostly him. And I guess he's been doing music since he was seven human years old. So good for him. I got to listen to everything. I'm going to be featuring his music on future episodes. But for tonight, I picked the one that I liked the most, which is called Dead. It is in celebration of being a vampire. I love it. We've all heard plenty of mournful vampires who hate their existence, blah, 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 blah. This one is all about the joy of being a vampire. I am going to play this for you. The description, I'm sorry, the link to his, his band and other music is in the description of this video. So go check it out. In the meantime, I hope everybody's here. I'm excited to be back and I hope you will come back next week. I hope you'll listen to this song and I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. 
Good evening.